So if you want to hear more of our podcast, please click on jamesandsana.com and you can hear our previous episodes. And please subscribe because James has some good word of wisdoms every morning to share with you guys through that email that comes into your inbox. Okay, honey, what do you want to talk about in today's podcast? Good morning, honey. Good morning, sweetness. Long time no see. Long time no see and talk. Yeah, because kind of you woke up at 5 a.m. and <laughs> I woke up at around 6.45. Yeah. And right now it's 8.30. Right. And this is our first conversation, although we live under the same roof. Yeah, I got up and did some work, and then Sana got up and just did her thing, and I was in the apartment while she was out and about, and it finally dawned on us, we haven't said good morning to each other, and it was like wow. over, well over That's an hour, life. well over an hour after Sana got up and was doing things, <laughs> I took the dog out, she even said, can you take the dog out, let it poop and pee and everything, I got back, and, and then finally said oh by the way good morning so it's one of those days <laughs> i guess we have to get used to this thing of living together again don't we like you actually say good morning to each other i think it's not about getting used to living together we're used to living together it's just that sometimes our days are really filled with lots of work and routine and you know we're preoccupied with schedules <laughs> yeah you have to do things with intention you have to make a point of saying good morning to your spouse otherwise it's easy to forget to do that i actually looked at you and i saw you're so serious into your work so i didn't disturb you i wanted to initiate good morning oh so okay so this is my fault uh, not there's no this is all my fault fu- it's nobody's excuse fault. me for being dedicated to my craft i'm sorry i'm not saying it's anybody's <laughs> fault i've been considerate <clears throat> You're just saying not what happened. Not Right. You're not casting blame. You're just saying what happened. Yeah. And what happened was that your husband was far too occupied with his work to say good morning to his wife. You're simply reporting the facts, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we should call this a car cast because we're in the car on the way to the airport. And those of you sitting on the edge of your seat wondering why in the world is James and Sana going to the airport... When James arrived in Vietnam on Friday, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. Well, it's an interesting story, and I alluded to the fact that there was a story beyond me simply arriving in Vietnam. I I think I made reference to fireworks, and the fireworks were that I got off the plane in Hanoi, was walking up the runway up to the airport, and there was this nice, friendly Vietnamese gal dressed up in her hazmat suit and her goggles and her little protective footwear. <laughs> and she had a piece of paper with the words James Daniel Newcomb. I, okay, I walked up and said, okay, that's me. Uh, so she said, oh, what are we looking at? These are new properties. Yeah, this is the Vin Homes, huh? Well, no, it's not. Yeah, where are we? I don't even know where we are. I don't know. Han knows everywhere. <laughs> Han knows the way. Han knows all the secret places. <laughs> Anyhow, we'll bring Ha onto our car cast later. He needs to focus on driving right now, not on yeah. entertaining our listeners. That's our job. Mm-hmm. It's his job to drive. 
it's our job to crack jokes. Anyhow, I get off the plane and she's there to greet me and says, uh, we don't have your luggage. Your luggage didn't make it onto the plane. So she's very helpful. There's this whole slew of things that you have to do. You have to get a COVID quick test. You have to show your medical declaration <clears throat> that you fill out before you even leave your home. Uh, I think I don't think I, th- I think I showed my COVID negative test. Uh, by the way, CVS never sent me my COVID test result. <laughs> I just realized they never sent it. Anyhow, um, they probably thought you were going to pick it up. Yeah, little did they know I was getting on a plane in less than three hours or five hours, whatever it was. Anyhow, so you see, very helpful with all of this stuff that you have to do. You have to uh, f- do something on your iPhone and scan a QR code or show them the QR code. They scan it. And then you have to wait for your uh, quick test result. You have to pay five bucks for this. It's just this whole headache of things you have to do to travel. And then she helps me fill out this declaration form saying there there's lost luggage, as if travel isn't difficult enough. Now I have to deal with, they lost my luggage in Doha, Qatar. Or at least we, we didn't find out officially until, uh, I think it was just yesterday that we realized, okay, this is where it is. Anyhow, that's what we were dealing with. And there were a couple of things that I learned throughout this whole process uh, that next time I travel... <coughs> especially internationally, there are steps that I will take to ensure that this doesn't happen, or at least when it does happen, that I can be better prepared. So, first of all, the saving grace is that I was planning on being in the air and in airports for well over, or about two days. So I had enough things in my backpack to last me two days. I had enough you know, clothing and underwear and a change of clothing. What's so funny is underwear. Something people wear. Silence. So I had enough clothing. I had my laptop, which in my line of work is kind of important. Now, if I was traveling domestically, say from Norfolk to, um, I don't know, Denver, for whatever the case may be, I might be tempted to just put my laptop in my suitcase if I'm checking a bag. And say, ah, well, you know, it's. I don't want to be encumbered with having a laptop. I just want to put it in there and out of sight, out of mind. Well, I'm glad that I had my laptop with me because uh, not only did I was able was I able to do my work while I was uh, traveling, I was able to do my work in the four days intervening between arriving and now going to pick up our luggage. Um, a couple of things that I would do in the future to avoid this is I will take photos of my luggage before I check it in. Just You get your luggage tags um, and you just take a photo of it so that in case it gets lost, then you can just show them the photo. Because I, I think I had to scour Facebook for a photo of my suitcase from the first time that I traveled to Vietnam in 2019. Thank goodness I had it there. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had something. So they were able to check it against the photo I sent, and they said, okay, this is it. Uh, of course, it's it helps to have 
um, luggage that is easily identifiable. You don't want that big black suitcase. Everybody's got a big black suitcase. Get the purple suitcase or the polka dot suitcase. Put some uh, colorful tape on the handles. That's very helpful. But I would take a photo and I think it'd be a good idea to inventory the contents of your suitcase. It seems like a big pain, but when you come into into a situation where your luggage is lost and they're asking what in the world is in your luggage, you can say something more than um, clothes and sandals, <laughs> supplements. So what am I missing, honey? That's a couple of things that I sh- that I will um, do in the future. If you remember when we were traveling to Taiwan, you were agitated because I was taking time in fixing our luggages at home. Again, my fault. And Finding fault. Uh, I kind of took a A4 paper, I start writing our names, telephone number and address, and I right. stick it on the luggages with tapes, mm-hmm. tape. Right. I do that, and then you were asking me, why am I uh, putting a ribbon pink ribbon on the handles I said right. it's just because when the luggage has come on the conveyor mm-hmm. belt sometimes everybody has sim- I yes. feel like everybody has similar baggage as me right. and that ribbon can tell me it's mine you yeah know? well me I'll go to the Dollar General and get uh, some they have duct tape that's pink or purple or something right just I had those ribbons from some present gift yeah. and I just put them on the handles something you can put on the handles that you look at that and say that is mine and if you if it's lost, then you can show a picture, and just take really good detailed pictures. And in the front zip, I always keep a business card. Front zip business card. That's not good. Not only not not just because it's going <coughs> to get you know lost, mm-hmm. but it's my experience throughout my flights for business flights that I had. I met so many counter partners or associates or people, and the, the very first time. Uh, I, I had to say, excuse me, I don't have a business card when those people were giving me. Mm-hmm. So I learned that I always keep a bunch of business cards in the front seat of my carry-on or luggage. Uh, so I didn't want to lose any opportunity to make meet people and, you know, make connections. Right. Actually, I can boldly say for, since past 16, 17 years, I have maybe hundreds of business cards I only got through my airport. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so those are a couple of things that we learned, or that I learned. Uh, Sana is more attentive to details like that. I think my biggest issue was that I got complacent. I just got used to things going the way they're supposed to go. And I've made, this is my fourth trip to Hanoi. I've never had an issue with my luggage. There's been other issues, <coughs> such as protests in Hong Kong, which uh, canceled my flight. But my luggage got here. It wasn't a problem. Uh, in fact, I can't... I don't remember. There have been times where I, I, I got off the plane <clears throat> and I was told that my luggage missed the flight, but it would be on the next flight, and they delivered it. I've had that happen before, I've, but I've never had this happen where it's like my luggage lost. was lost. <laughs> it was unnerving because I have basically... Aside from my, my stuff from in storage in Virginia, everything that's near and dear to me is in those two suitcases. So, yeah, I think... I'm not in there. Yeah, you wouldn't fit. You said and plus near if, and dear. Even if you were able to fit, you would die after four days of being lost and 
stranded in the Doha airport. So. What you said near and dear. Yeah, you're gonna go in my carry-on luggage, honey. <laughs> because <laughs> the, the vital things need to go in your carry-on. Uh, the non-vital things. Physiological need: shelter, water. Right. Clothing. Apple computer. <laughs> Apple computer. <laughs> right. Anyhow, some things I couldn't put in my my uh, carry-on bag just because they're too big. But those are a couple things that I learned through this ordeal. Thankfully, they were able to locate it and got it on the flight to Hanoi from Doha. We called every airport, honey. Yeah, we were calling Philadelphia, where my connecting Virginia. flight was, Norfolk, Virginia. Doha <coughs> many times. Yeah. Hanoi airport. Yeah. So it was, it was frustrating. And... Uh, I guess you just learn patience and things like this. And the only answer they all gave us was we are tracing. Yes. That was another thing. It was just like, there was no update. It was just said, your luggage is tracing, whatever that means. Wait, like, what does that mean? Where is it? <laughs> what is that? that could mean any number of things. Anyhow, so I think that'll do it for this car cast, unless Sana has anything profound she feels our three listeners need to partake of. That's it. Um, okay. Well, that will do it. Thanks for listening, and find us on the web at jamesandsana.com. <laughs>